Welcome back to the Hemingway List Podcast, Chapter 7. Although we... Oh, wait. <laughs> are we entirely certain we are reading Book 1? Oh, yeah, there was a line in there somewhere where he said something about a chapter in an earlier book or something like that. And it stumped me, and it wasn't the first time. Yeah, here's the line. The, o- the only way... To Open to me was literature, so I went to London to learn to write, as has been told in a chapter in an earlier book. Um, and it's not the first time. I can't really remember what the, why I thought this earlier, but it's not the first time I've thought. Are we? Is this? Are we sure this is book one? Because it starts in a weird place. Um, and I, tr- well. I don't know, like you Google it and it just says, you know, AV, AV is the book one, but I don't know, I just, it just feels weird at the moment. Like that line made me just think suddenly, wait a minute, have we read this out of sync? And, um, oh yeah, the other reason I thought it was because... When I tried to find a copy of the book to buy, a paperback one, I found a few, and um, they all said the full title, Av, Selve, whatever it is, Ave Selva, Selva, I don't, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but then when I read into the comments, the reviews, people were saying, despite this saying it's the full trilogy, this is actually just book three of the trilogy. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. So if you read, if you bought that thinking that it was the full trilogy as advertised, you could easily just read straight into it thinking it was book one when in fact all you have is book three. Um, so that was the comment that threw me. Let's keep reading. Um, oh wait, we haven't discussed yet. Techrific says one thing's for certain: Wagner should be experienced live for the full effect of his music. Being an audience member exposed to the full force of the orchestra is truly something special. My wife didn't get it; she had heard some excerpts here and there on CD, radio, etc. So I took her to a concert that highlighted his music and contextualised it with myth, cinema, etc. She was totally blown away and confirmed Wagner fan after that. Okay. It was tinged with sadness, though, because of Wagner's awful anti-Semitism and his connection to the Nazis. Uh, As a fan of, yeah, well, you know. As a fan of his music, you have to reconcile these two things somehow. I I tend to focus on the music. Yeah, it is tough, isn't it? It's a conundrum that we just keep coming up against all the time. Um, Like, do we still listen to Kanye's back catalogue now that he's uh, off his meds? So William said the Mama Fiction, he said, uh, Wagner died in 1883. I'm not a Wagner apologist. It is undisputed he harboured anti-Semitic sentiments, but his music was appropriately appropriated by Hitler decades after his death. Well, that's that's a, uh, you know, that softens the blow a little bit to know that he actually died decades before any you know, Nazi party Hitler stuff happened. Um, the other thing is, like, 1883, 
can you imagine how easy it would be to be influenced in 1883? Like, you know what I mean? Like, we we know pretty well what's right and wrong, and even we don't. We, you know, there's still people out there believing all kinds of weird stuff. I probably believe something that's complete nonsense. We probably all do, and we have schools and internets and, you know, libraries and all this stuff. And we're still so impressionable. But I just feel like there's a degree of forgiveness for someone who was, who kind of went down the wrong track in 1883 when I just feel like, you know, everyone was just, it was just the blind leading the blind back then. No one knew anything. Or maybe I'm vastly oversimplifying that. Probably am, but still. There's a degree of that in my head. Um, it's like, you know... Uh, I don't know. I don't have an analogy. I was going to say thing, but it's dumb. Techrific says, I know, sorry I didn't make it clear that the connection was one of appropriation. But since his music was played in concentration camps, people associate his music with the regime. I didn't know that. Um, Swim says, George was a total Wagner fanboy. And Edward and George... On, the, on their way to the yearly Wagner Festival in Beirut. I hope they got concert t-shirts. I've been waiting impatiently to share this. Looney Tunes did a take on Wagner called What's Up or a Doc? Yeah, I remember. And with Bugs Bunny and Alma Fudd, truly the best of kitsch. The story features Alma chasing Bugs through a parody of 19th century classical composer Richard Wagner's operas. Here's a video of the cartoon with a live orchestra. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah, I just think of the Looney Tunes when I hear Wagner now because of that um i can't i can't unsee that um same with a lot of excuse me classical pieces really famous classical pieces and they just like the the backdrop to so many looney tunes cartoons from back in the day so it's kind of been ruined for me because they're such fantastic pieces of music and i can just see like a rabbit hitting a duck over the head with a oversized mallet Let's keep reading. We shall be out of the way of everything. We all sh- was all she shrieked, but not out of the way of the theatre. I interjected. We shall walk through the cornfields to it. The theatre isn't everything. Everything in Beirut, surely. He spoke of his breakfast. He wouldn't be able to get it. He must be a, a near a restaurant, and the cornfield did not appear appeal to his sense of the picturesque is as Rothenberg did. Despite my entreaty, he stood up again in the carriage and began to expostulate with the driver again, who, however, only laughed and pointed with his whip, pouring forth all the while a torrent of Bavarian German, which Edward could not understand. How shall I stop him, he cried, turning to me, who can speak no single word of German. After mentioning this fact, I reminded him that the people in the villa were waiting for us, and for us to go away to the town without advising them might prevent them from letting their lodgings. I said this, knowing Edward's weak spot, his moral conscience. He fell to my arrow, answering quietly that he would willingly pay for the lodging on the hillside if I would only go with him to the town in search of another. To this I consented. 
unwillingly admit, but I consented. My unwillingness, however, to live in the town where all the decent lodgings had long ago been taken became more marked when we were shown into a large drawing room and two bedrooms, the cleanest we had ever seen in Beirut. We shall want a room in which to write the tale of a town. The mention of his play did not seem to soften Edward, and the landlord, an elderly man who had relinquished me because I knew no German at all, had attached himself to Edward, literally attached himself, taking him by the lappet of his coat. And I remember how the old man drew him along with him in to the end of a passage. I, following them, compelled by curiosity, we came to a door which the old man threw open with a flourish exhibiting to our enchanted gaze a brand new water closet all vanished in cleanliness and the pride of the old man who entered into a long explanation, the general drift only of which pierced Edward's understanding. He says he has a red de- redecorated the privy for us at the special request of Mr. Schultz Curtis, but if we pay him for his lodging. No mere payment will recompense him. Remember he asked you if you liked the wallpaper. He may have spent hours choosing it. But blind to all the allurements of the chequered paper, Edward insisted on telling the landlord that he wished to live near a restaurant where he could get his breakfast. The German again caught him by the lapel of his coat, and there was a pretty German girl who knew a little English, the old man's daughter, smiling in the doorway, about whom I had already begun to think. But it was impossible to dissuade Edward, and we drove with our luggage here and there and everywhere, seeking a couple of rooms. It would be inopportune to describe every filthy suite of apartments that we visited, but it is not well in a book of this kind to admit, omit any vivid memory, and among my memories none of more, none is more vivid than that of an iron railing divided into, dividing a sort of shallow area from the street in which some workmen were drinking beer and of the kitchen beyond it, uncouth women round in the back of wash tops, round in the back as wash tubs, walked about with frying pans in their hands, great udders floating under blue blouses, and we followed a trail of inferior German cookery up a black slimy staircase to the first landing, where a bald-headed waiter with large drops of sweat upon his brow opened a door, exhibiting for our inspection two low-ceilinged rooms with high beds in the corners. Ask him if he if we can have clean sheets, we have no others, the waiter answered. As I moved towards the doorway, I heard Edward saying that the rooms would do us very well, and I explained to him the disadvantages. He answered that he would be able to get his breakfast. To get his breakfast, the phrase seemed so Irish, so Catholic, that for a moment it was impossible to suppress my anger at Edward's unseemly indifference to my sense of cleanliness and comfort, and the women in the kitchen, the waiter and the sheets, horrified me even to the extent of compelling me to tell him that I would sooner go back to England, giving up the ring Parasifal. I would sooner sleep anywhere, Edward, in the streets. Let us get away. Perhaps we shall find... No, you'll object to all. But why, Edward, should you stay here? You can have breakfast at our lodging. I shan't be able to get an omelette. Can't you understand that people have habits? Habits, I said. And then he admitted it seemed to me somewhat unwillingly, no doubt because he was talking to a heretic, that the villa under the lindens was two miles from the chapel and that he liked to go to mass in the morning. I see, it is the magician and his house that tempts you. If you talk like that, you'll make me regret I came abroad with you. But unable to restrain myself, I added, the desire to have a magician always at one's elbow is extraordinary. I know the value of such talk as that, he growled as he drove as we drove back to the villa, 
and he seemed so much to put about that he gained my sympathy, almost to the extent of persuading me that I, and not he, was the inconsiderate one, and I began to defend myself. I would have been It would have been impossible to eat anything that came out of that kitchen. The magician must have a very strong hold upon you, too. Edward is so good-humoured that one cannot resist the temptation to tease and to twit him, though one knows that one will regret doing so afterwards, and sorry already, but seeing how seriously he felt this unexpected dislocation in his habits, I began to think how I might be kind, and rightly or wrongly mentioned his play, asking him when he would like to consider it with me. Without answering my question, he went into his room and began to rummage in his trunk, coming back, however, with the manuscript, which he handed to me. Now, Edward, there is the second act. You don't want to alter that, do you? I thought it is the best act. He did not seem to appreciate my criticism or to pick up my suggestions. He was not very forthcoming, and we went to bed early that evening. He'll be in a more literary humour tomorrow morning, I said, before we're going to sleep, and looking, looked forward to a long séance de collaboration after breakfast. But Edward would accept no breakfast in the house, only a cup of tea and a thin slice of bread and butter. He refused to ask the landlord's daughter, who attended upon us, if she could make an omelette, for some reason which it is impossible for me to guess at. It would not be like him to go without breakfast so that he might make me feel I had seriously inconvenienced him, and it seemed difficult to understand why he should refuse to breakfast in the house. The people were willing to cook him anything he wanted. Was he such a slave to habits that he had to have breakfast in a restaurant? No, for when he was at home, he had to breakfast in his own house. He would say that it was different, so I was forced to fall back on the theory that he was annoyed because he would have to walk two miles to chapel to hear Mass. But when he was in Galway, he did not go to Mass every morning, so why did he wish to go to Mass every day in Beirut? Why would he refuse to discuss the question any further, saying that it didn't matter? that it was all right, and after sipping his tea, steal away for the greater part of the day, leaving me alone with the tale of a town, a seance de collaboration. Would have passed the morning nicely for me, and I muttered, he has taken his soul out, or his soul has taken him out. Would that his soul would betake itself to literature. He has gone away without saying a word about the tale of a town. It did not strike me until late in the afternoon that he had gone away to avoid criticism of his play, but on reflection it hardly seemed necessary that I should accept literary sensitiveness as a reason for absence. Yeats had told him, and I had told him, and Lady Gregory had told him, that the play could not be acted by the Irish Literary Theatre in its present form. It would have to be altered, and a Aix-la-Chapelle at Bogart and at Mainz, and in the long train journey from Mainz to Nuremberg, he had seemed willing to accept some of my criticisms as just Italo's, he began to he had begun to examine my criticism, picking it to pieces, arriving gradually at the conclusion that it was all wrong, and his play was all right, or was it that he had persuaded himself that it were better to retain his own mistakes than to accept my suggestions, even if they were improvement, a view of art for which a great deal may be said when the artist has arrived at maturity of thought and expression, but a very dangerous one when the artist is but a beginner.
Um, oh, gosh. All right, I'm going to pause there. Just out of sheer exhaustion, yet again. Um, yeah, cool. All right, thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.